welcome to the ETPHT podcast episode number 50. Remember today. Um, how are you? Good, thank you. The sun is doing the world of good. How are you? Absolutely same. How nice is it just to have sunshine? I just forgot. I, like, I, I realised, I think, beginning of the week, I just don't know how to cope in the heat anymore. I'm like, what is this? Last week I was in a coat to begin with, but yeah I, I it is it is kind of it feels really unnatural to be in the UK with sunshine right now although this time last year we'd had sun for like a month or something at least hadn't we like when we oh, went yeah there, yeah but then it was like a very long it wasn't overly cold it was just long wet winter yeah but it's beautiful I'm just clinging on to it who knows how long it will last <laughs> exactly exactly um anything new with you this week uh well as as I was saying I know most of my clients know that I am going away for a few days next week and I cannot wait I'm so, so happy for you going away <laughs> it is very much needed and yeah me and the dog are gonna have the best of time <laughs> you are I can't wait to see pictures are you doing like phone off I only for camera yes good logic because I don't actually have a camera so that is that is it laptop staying at home there is wi-fi but I might not even bother with it oh, <laughs> like... just risk it with the north wales phone signal and then yeah <laughs> oh that will be so nice hopefully it's sunny. hopefully it's sunny yes fingers crossed but if not I've got coats and waterproofs exactly absolutely exactly that I went to North Wales yesterday with my mum and it was beautiful um I just have so much more gratitude for it like I always did for nature and for the UK in general but in the last year I've really delved into as much well, obviously when we were allowed with lockdown but I've just delved into all of the little places that you can go I've just got so much gratitude for how nice it is and now when I'm not even putting any more countries on the green list it's like well that's a good thing because we're not going anywhere anytime soon honestly the places you put up they all look incredible like who knew that they were in the uk (laughs) no same scotland to be fair that was insane we know i thought um i'm becoming a puppy godmother next week and i'm very excited ah no way (laughs) yeah I'm so excited my best like my best oldest friend is getting a puppy and I'm like the I'm the second in command (laughs) can't wait I'm I'm going I can't actually I just basically get the fun stuff and I don't have to stay up with it all night that's the best way to do it (laughs) I've never had a dog before so this is a good kind of intro for me honestly when we got ours as a puppy I think we'd had him about two months so I was like I don't know how people with children do this because I can't go <laughs> God. well from what she said it sounds like puppies are harder than babies initially because they have to be up every two hours or something I, I, I don't know I don't know I mean my clearly my training went really well because he's <laughs> in the bedroom <laughs> so <laughs> he's happy he's happy oh, yeah. that's the main thing living the best life well and truly (laughs) um okay let's get cracking on questions do you want to go first because you've always got lots more than me yes um let's go with uh how to start having time away from your fitbit and not feeling like you have 
to always be on the go or feel like you've not done enough? I genuinely think the easiest way to do it is just to take it off and put it away. I really don't think with Fitbits and things, there's a kind of transition. I don't think that you really need to say, oh, well, I'll hit a range of steps rather than hitting a number. Um, I really think it is usually as simple as let's just have a day without it. And you can phase it out in the sense of you can say, and I've done this with some clients before, let's take a day off it or two days off it a week. But realistically, and this is from personal experience as well, when I used to be attached to mine, just take it off and don't charge it and put it somewhere and just live your life. And within a couple of days, you will forget that you don't even have it on. Maybe not a couple of days, but you'll get used to it. Some people might be a couple of days. What do you think? I think I remember that's what I did initially when I was finding that on like non-training days, I was checking to see what I'd done when... So yeah, I just went cold turkey initially. Um, and then I've got an Apple Watch, so I don't know how much they differ with Fitbits, but I changed it so you can change the face. So it is just like a watch face. You can't see the activity rings, stop the reminders if you're close to uh, closing your goals or the ones that tell you to stand up and hit yeah. steps. Just got rid of all that. So it is now just a watch. Oh, that's good. I didn't know you could do that. I don't think you can do that on Fitbit. Well, maybe you can. I don't actually know. <laughs> They've probably been updated since I actually kind of looked into that. But that's a good idea. Um, okay. Change of pace. What is your go-to gym playlist? I'm still on. Um, God, that's awful. I can't remember the day that the, the, the day that it's called. On Spotify, they did a like a Women's Day playlist. As in International Women's Day? Yeah. Yeah, that that that's the day, isn't it? <laughs> International Women's Day. I was like, women empowerment, women, women, feminine. No. Yeah. International Women's Day playlist. And it is, I'm still working through it. I mean, obviously there's Lizzo on there, but today I found Britney. I was like, yes. Oh, classic. Do you know what I've been listening to recently? Um, Little Mix did Radio One's Big Weekend and they did like a live set and it's about half an hour long and it's just magical. That's my current go-to. <laughs> but always, I mean, you can never go wrong with Lizzo. I'm quite bad in the gym. Do you know what? I do like the Radio One um, anthems. They play like from different decades. But because you don't have control over the songs, you don't. I don't feel the impulse to keep skipping songs because it just is what it is. I quite like listening to those in the gym. Mm. So if anyone has that BBC Sounds app, I do recommend that. Yeah, I realise a lot of the stuff that I listen to is when I used to be like 18 and going out all the time. <laughs> and it's just like reminiscing in the gym. But <laughs> like those feel good. Feel do good you know things. what? me and my friends were talking about this the other day like lockdown basically put like the kind of final goodbye on us ever clubbing because we were obviously I didn't really club anymore but there would be occasional times when I would go out like when we had the photo shoot and things like that there'd be some sometimes when I did but obviously I was 33 when we went into lockdown and I didn't really say a farewell to clubbing and now <laughs> and now I realize I'm definitely I'm just not for me anymore and lockdown was just like a no sorry we're taking it away from you and now I feel like I'm never going to go to a club again or well, maybe I will one day 
Just like, it's just no. my time. No. <laughs> you're, you're like <laughs> my clubbing days lasted about six months when I was 18 and that was it. <laughs> God, you are goals. I think I was I was dragging it on. I mean I wasn't going to like clubs with 17 year olds. They were adult clubs. <laughs> I wasn't going regularly, but still I realise now no more. Yeah. Join me in the sit down cocktail drinking instead. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely that. I'm here for that. Um, I am going to bingo tomorrow, which is very exciting. I love a bingo. Well, this is bongo's bingo. It's like a party bingo. It's very <gasps> oh, even better. Even better. <laughs> um okay, so this is someone who we've been working, I think, just under two months. And says, I I feel like I'm constantly up and down. Is this normal on a journey? I feel so good some weeks and then down other weeks. Mm. Yes, that's life. Welcome to life. And I, and I mean that in the nicest way. Do you know what? I think people are so much more accepting of it with scale weight. You know, in the olden days when people would always talk about scale weight and they would draw that graph and it was like a squiggly line going down. And it's like, this is what we expect your weight to do when you drop body fat. It's exactly the same for pretty much any outcome measure that you're looking at. Relationship food is just the same. You're going to have weeks where it feels like it's gone really well. Some weeks it feels like it's gone really crap. But overall, if you took a step back from that squiggly line, you would see that it's still moving in the, in the positive direction. I'm, I'm concerned if someone doesn't have a quote unquote bad week relative, like, relatively often throughout their um journey I don't mean often as in like every other week but if I'm not seeing quote-unquote bad weeks I think why what's this is great but what's what's what are we missing here there's probably something that we're missing um it's a lot easier to stick to something 100% than it is to have these ups and downs and wobbles and be more natural with it so I, I mean absolutely it's completely normal and yeah, encourage it means you're doing things right in general, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's what how you learn and grow. Yeah, exactly. And also keep in mind, we still have weeks where we feel like we've had a bad week with our nutrition or our relationship with food, or only eat beige foods or have a really mindless week. Sell now. And that's just again just part of the overall thing. There's no kind of Yes, there are end points where you go, do you know what? I, I feel in a good place now with myself. But I think with any of this kind of quote unquote healing work, there's we, people often expect like an end point. And it's like this all, it's just a constant journey where sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. You just have to have faith that keep, you're keeping going. Yeah, and just sit with it. It's all fun and games. <laughs> you have to sit with it and it's not so fun anymore. Um, okay change of pace again is bmi a good indicator for much or is it just a number nowadays i was getting an insurance quote and the medical questionnaire asked me for my height weight and clothes size so they could get an estimate of my bmi i felt it was a bit of an unfair system as there were no questions about exercise so why i may be that size or i felt like i needed to justify my answers is that just a personal response from me um that's an intrusive question <laughs> it is it, what do you think i would say 
it is outdated but it does still have its place yeah agreed you know it gives on a population level it gives an indication of where someone's at with their body fat levels as an overall idea i think it's really unhelpful when it's taken into consideration above and beyond for example exercise like that's that should be as part of an overall picture of health bmi doesn't give you any more of an indication of health particularly than exercise levels you know so that's problematic in itself and there are problems with bmi we know it's based on like middle-aged white men and there are problems with that but i think people took the whole bmi is flawed thing and really ran with it and now completely disregard it and i don't think that that's helpful either it can give us like like i said a good level in terms of a population level idea and for example if someone has a bmi of 16 as an example as an adult we know that that's they're probably going to be underweight and we know that that's probably not going to be optimal for their health um and the research is there with bmi they there's a if you look at let me get this straight if you look at increasing bmi and i want to say and i'm not 100 sure on this if it's metabolic syndrome cardiovascular disease or mortality i'm not sure but if you look at the risk with increasing bmi it does go up with increasing bmi and it looks like it also goes up with very low bmi as well like the risk of mortality but actually when you take into consideration the impact of being very underweight with smoking or being like chronically ill and underweight, if you take those people out, then you don't get so much of an increased risk when you're at a low BMI. I think people are really quick to disregard that research. Um, so yeah, I think, I don't, I, I like to use it as a bit of a gauge, a gauge. Say for example, if I'm working with someone who's maybe in a larger body and is dropping body fat for health and they go from um, the obese BMI range to maybe the overweight BMI range or quote-unquote healthy I think it is nice to say look technically you've moved into these ranges but it's not the only thing you think about obviously you comment on like you'll look at all the other bits of progress as well um after healing your relationship with food and your body taking away all forms of tracking including food weight measurements do you think it's important to keep not doing these things when entering a fat loss phase or if the person feels no attachment to the numbers anymore, are they okay to be used as tools to track progress? Question. Um, they're absolutely okay to use if you don't feel an attachment to them. Absolutely fine. I would question why you want them because, so for example, if I was going to drop body fat now, I'm not against dieting. I don't think I would want, to, like, I could particularly do it really. But if I did want to do it, then I probably, well, I wouldn't actually, I wouldn't take scale weight and I wouldn't take measurements um, because I'll know if I'm getting leaner and I'll go by the how I feel. And I think if I look at myself and think, oh, I look a bit leaner, I'm quite happy here. Great, I'll just stop my diet here. Um, there's no additional benefit of those numbers. So I question why you would. You might, if you're like, if you're working with Anna and you are, and, and it's helpful for you guys to have that relationship where you get the data, then that's a reason why you might have it. But again, it's not essential. And I know that I know that you don't make it essential. So 
it's not problematic if you feel fine with it but I would question the reason like what's the need for it mm. yeah I think well I, I, I guess you work with people in a similar way in that when you remove tracking obviously you well you you did a post today in that the way it might creep up initially and then it just maintains and that's where we've been at with, with this client and I think you there's so many different ways about it that you can go still doing everything you've done before that you don't the, the need just isn't there yeah yeah exactly that I think I think somebody asked me this on Instagram actually today and they said well I've done really well I've taken away scale weight and I feel great for it so what other numbers should I use instead but why is it still that we still need to find the external confirmation of what we already know we already see and we already feel we have those abilities without having that external confirmation um but yeah if it's not problematic it's not an issue per se okay i feel the need to say yes to please others when it's not what i actually want <laughs> shall i just leave that there anna or <laughs> hey friends <laughs> um tips on standing up for what I want without the fear of upsetting others I'm really oh wait that's something else so yeah tips on standing up for what I want without the fear of upsetting others just do it <laughs> just do it if it if it if it's something that you don't want to do that isn't going to make you happy or yeah like I said it's just not something you want to do say no because chances are you're building up this fear in your head and the people aren't going to care or they'll understand because chances are they'll feel the same way about things further down the line or they'll have already done it to you and they won't think twice about it mm. think about what you'd say I think think about what you'd say if you actually had this conversation with someone that said okay right now I'm saying yes because I'm putting your I'm putting your needs above my own just to let you know like if I said that to you and on a conversation and you asked me to do something and I would die you'd be like what wait what why you would just tell me to go away and it's and vice versa if you said to me look if I said let's have a let's let's have a meeting and you came onto the meeting and you said um oh I actually had I actually had a date I'm only here because it's I think that what you that your needs are more important than mine right now I would be mortified and I think so I think try and think of it like try and think of it like that to some degree if you can't stand up for what's important for you try the alternative and to say to that person I'm putting your needs before mine and that's why I'm here that's that's even more uncomfortable <laughs> um <laughs> can you imagine let's try it <laughs> yeah, if anyone tries that let, let us know um I'd like to know the outcome but we obviously have spoken about, you know, this comes from the idea of you saying that someone else is worth more than you. And we've spoken about this before. And I know that this person specifically will have listened to that. So she'll heard of all of that before. Um, but ultimately, like, this is, this is your life now. And at some point, you're going to piss people off. A life where you don't piss people off is probably not a very fun life we piss people off all the time I say we I piss people off all the time I'm sure Anna does I don't know safe <laughs> <laughs> to say yes it's a natural byproduct of, it's a natural byproduct of just living your authentic truth and if that's what you want to live then 
and you want to live authentically to you then that is a natural that's a natural byproduct of that and it's like oh I'm doing it right I'm, I'm pissing people off and I'm upsetting people you're not doing it intentionally to hurt anyone and realistically it depends what you're saying no to but it's probably not going to upset them to the extent that you think it is um yeah yeah I think I think yes you might be pissing people off but I think the more that you stand up for yourself the more that you say no to and and know that it's doing what's best for you the less you worry about it as well do you find that yeah definitely I piss people off all the time (laughs) I just think do you know what Uh, on a really surface level let's take a really surface level on social media right I would post something in the olden days and then I would think oh I hope that person's not taking it the wrong way or I hope that person doesn't know that that's targeted because of something that I've seen them say or if someone felt triggered by it I'd feel really guilty like I'm really sorry I didn't mean it about you whereas now if I see something that triggers me to write a post I think well you shouldn't have said that in the first place because a it was wrong or b like this is what's important for me to say or people who follow me to see and that's what's more important and I, and if someone feels triggered or upset then that says that's a good lesson for them to figure out why they feel upset by your actions if someone felt triggered by my post I would say well why is that my post triggering you it's not because it's not because of something I've said it's because how you feel about something and it's the same in this situation if anything you're doing these people a favor because when they say they're upset then that gives them time to think about well why am I upset Where's the self work I need to do? I feel like these people may or may not do that, but you never know. <laughs> it's a win-win situation. <laughs> Absolutely. Look at that positivity spin. Just flip that right round. <laughs> uh, uh, do you have any positive affirmations or anything that would be useful for when you have overeaten and feel a bit guilty? Mm. I like to focus affirmations on mostly on common humanity which is one of the three facets of mind of a self-compassion so there's common humanity mindfulness and self-compassion no not self-compassion self-kindness um and so i like common humanity because it's just common humanity basically means i'm a human being and all human beings do this and there was actually a study i think i've spoken about this on the podcast before that looked at self-compassion um and calorie intake when I think have I have we spoken about this before when they gave people donuts for breakfast yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. so briefly they gave people different people donuts for breakfast then they gave some some people a self-compassion um intervention and then looked at how many sweets they ate later and people that had self-compassion ate fewer sweets um and I teach that on EIQ but one of the affirmations they used within that piece of research was I'm human everyone eats donuts sometimes and it sounds so stupid but just the idea of everyone does this when you have overeaten and you feel guilty you're so self-obsessed and I don't mean that in a negative way essentially I just mean all you think about is yourself and you think you've failed you've got no willpower you feel guilty and it's like realistically most people in the world if they have the opportunity to have overeaten and probably regular overeat a lot of the time um so I think an affirmation like I'm a human and I'm a human being and everyone overeats sometimes I I quite like that um I also really like the idea or the affirmations around I'm learning to honor my hunger or I'm learning to remove guilt around eating 
I quite like those types of ones. Yeah, <laughs> completely agree. <laughs> completely agree. And, like write them down, have a think about them. Like what makes you feel good? Because um, these are things that we like, but something else might make you feel good that's, that's completely different. You might just want to be like, I love myself, great do something like that but it, it it's helpful if it relates like if you can relate it to yourself I also think at that time it's really good to try the self-compassion um like self-touch not like on your chest or on your arm somewhere that's that you, you want to do that at that time where you act actively put your hand on your heart at the same time as saying your affirmations because often when you over or you feel guilty you do have that bit of a stress response and your heart rate is a little bit higher you feel a little bit anxious and that helps to bring like cortisol levels down your heart rate down your sympathetic dominance reduces so you just feel a lot calmer so doing that alongside your affirmations can be really helpful okay i'm really struggling with a busy mind at the moment i feel like i always have hundreds of tabs open really finding it difficult to remain present during meditation practices do you have any tips on focusing on bringing myself back to the present moment i'm getting actually getting quite good at calling myself out on it now but hearing your views would be helpful um i was gonna uh like it's great that you're acknowledging them and it is just a case of then letting them go and not spending any time thinking about them like just pushing it straight out and that constant bringing your mind back and the more I think we've, we've spoken about this a few times the more practice you do the better at it you get and the less frequent the thoughts become mm. yeah I agree I think reframing it as this is a really positive thing it, it's kind of like when we talk about it in terms of reps for your brain what you're doing right now is basically lifting to failure really heavy a lot of reps that's what you're doing right now with all of those tabs open so right now you're the benefit of your practice right now is probably even more than what it normally would be when you're just sitting chill and doing a meditation so a lot of people when they feel like this will not meditate at all because they'll just say what's the point i'm getting really distracted and i'm too busy and i'm not doing it and they're at a loss whereas what you're doing is saying i'm going to act actively work on practicing being present here and make the most of how how many tabs I've got open in my brain, that you're going to get the most out of these sessions. So try and reframe it as a positive and think, God, that was a really good meditation session. I've, my mind was going nuts and I just kept bringing it back over and over again. How strong is my brain and my mindfulness practice to be able to do that? I think reframing it in that way is probably going to be really helpful. I like that idea. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, okay. Change of pace. Really struggling with glute activation. I've always had a lazy ass. I blame horse riding, <laughs> but this is just an excuse. Any suggestions? And this isn't me. So <laughs> yeah, I was like, is this you just sliding in a little question there? I know. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? Did you ever did you yeah. experience that? You did. Well, I, yeah, I think horse riders, the main strength is in the quads. Right. Um, you don't really use your glutes in any way so i'm surprised by that i'm imagining just right now riding a horse <laughs> i don't even know what that would feel like really so i can't comment what did you do 
I do a lot of activation, activation work, a lot of um, unilateral stuff. Uh, I find it works better for me than just body weight squats and thrusts. And, and I do have a few imbalances anyway that I'm working on. So yeah, I get a, I get a better feeling because I find one side fires up quicker than the other. Mm. I think that's, yeah, I think that's exactly what I would say. Do some activation stuff. You know, I think what happened was glute activation got a really bad rep because it went from never being spoken about to then being almost like I grow my glutes by doing banded work and kickbacks and all these things and it's like obviously you didn't but it can be helpful even from a mind muscle perspective it can be helpful I don't do it I do some I usually do some um, abduction before like a lower session but that's the extent of it but it can be really helpful if you struggle with my muscle and you struggle with that then some prior activation and like I say I think second summer abduction at the beginning of your session can be quite helpful and pre-exhausting quads either the day before or some leg extensions before you get going on your glute session oh i used to do that in my bikini days (laughs) (laughs) reminisce (laughs) many many year ago Um, i'm out of questions i think so you can continue Okay, okay uh struggling hugely with loving my body aesthetically i'm thankful for what it allows me to do i thank it each night but i don't feel this way when i see my reflection is it wrong to physically want to change it it's confusing no no there's no shame and there's nothing wrong with wanting to change your body there's not any shame in wanting to change your body for the way that it looks there's not any shame for wanting to change your body for self-worth reasons either it's just that that's not going to help your self-worth and and your body image per se um you are allowed to do that and that's fine just don't attach don't expect i think the problem is is this expectation that you're going to feel a certain way once you've lost that body weight or changed your body in some way i think that's the problem and the reason that it's a problem is because you see all these transformation pictures and you see all these quotes next to the transformation picture and say i've never been this confident in my body x y and z well that's really fantastic you gain two kilograms over a week your self-worth goes like that and immediately that triggers bad habits you can get more confident but your self-worth cannot be put into your body and that type of mindset change um so no I don't think there's anything wrong with it um I would also say though that body image is a perception and it's not it's not in your body so changing your body fat levels won't necessarily change your body image body image is based on how you feel about your body how you how you see your body how you feel about your body what you think about your body like if your worth is within your body but you watch this person's doing already and practicing gratitude and practicing body appreciation is all great so do all those things but if you want to change it physically as well then that's okay as well yeah I think it's one of those things isn't it that's kind of got lost in that you can love your body but you still can change it there's that there's no it doesn't change the the love you have for it um and I think it's important to remember that there's also nothing wrong with the body that you're currently in. Mm. 
Yes, very important point. Uh, where are we? So I struggle with my appetite a lot. I think stress has a major part to play in this, but I was also wondering, can the menstrual cycle affect your appetite? I've noticed that the week of and after, I have a very low appetite. I'm now in the week before and my appetite has creeped right back up. Could this all be in my head, but could this possibly have something to do with my hormones? when he got caught in my table and I just came back down Um, totally normal for some people everyone's hunger is slightly different Um, some people experience these changes some people don't sorry if you can hear that siren outside my house as usual Um, yeah so for some people to get an increase in basal metabolic rate the week before their period of about 150 to 250 calories for some people and so their appetite goes up and then once your period starts your BMR comes back down again and so your appetite potentially your hunger levels will go down what's amazing by the way is that someone is so in touch with their hunger that they notice these fluctuations what we have to be really careful of is saying this happens to everyone because it doesn't and it can become a very much a self-fulfilling prophecy for some people to say oh I know that on day 25 my hunger goes like that and I just have to eat everything and that's that's normal because that's not the case and it is only 250 calories but it for or 150 but it can feel so much more than that I know for me for example I feel like my BMR has increased by about 2,000 calories of course not fortunately it's not the case um but what also can happen is that maybe your sleep is disturbed that week because your temperature is up and if you've got less sleep then you might be hungrier um because your hunger hormones are slightly off so there are lots of things that can that can come into play but that's quite normal and and to honor that is absolutely fine as long as you're eating sufficiently throughout the month and you're and you're fueling yourself well then then that's okay yeah and obviously the, the first part in the question was around stress too and like you said stress can impact like the sleep and well I was going to say it can impact sleep which might make you hungrier but also it might go the other way in that if you are feeling stressed then your appetite might drop and so just keeping on top of stress management tools anything like that and just honoring how you feel Mm, yeah try not to overthink it too much yeah definitely and I think if you're chronically stressed if you're someone who's chronically stressed and chronically lacks appetite and you are deficient in micronutrients as a result of that then having a structure to your meals is going to be quite helpful looking at calorie dense foods making sure that you're eating regularly that you're getting a variety of fruits vegetables whole grains um lean protein sources well not even lean protein sources if you're trying to get enough calories but just making sure that you've got some structure is helpful also there so yeah I agree (laughs) um right oh this one's a bit (laughs) i just want to read through it before (laughs) um i'm confused (laughs) really really confused i when i copied it in some notes it made perfect sense and so where does it start oh okay so do are foods digested differently as in am I more likely to store food as body fat as opposed to muscle if it's processed even if calories and macros are met 
is a diet that's 90% unprocessed any better than a diet that's 40 or 50% unprocessed, for example? Mm. No. Foods are digested slightly differently in terms of macronutrients, but when you have them as a whole meal, the digestion is, in terms of, yeah, the digestion is not entirely different. You will metabolize macronutrients in entirely different ways, but that's on a physiological level that's not important to this conversation. With processed foods, you are more likely to overeat processed foods. Um, there was a study done last year or the year before, and it looked at like ad libitum food intake when it was processed foods versus non-processed foods. And on average, people who consume processed foods ate on average 500 calories extra every single day because they're so much more hyperpalatable and they're so much easier to overeat and they're lower volume. But in so, so you're more likely to store fat because you're more likely to eat more calories when you have predominantly processed foods. But if they're just part of your diet, of your overall diet, then that's, that's fine. Um, but no, they're not redirected in different ways to, to store body fat. I think, does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought if I missed something there, because it was, it, was it was a good question, complex question. And I thought if I just under, under answered it. No, no, no um okay another training one few <laughs> few niggles in my knees especially when lunging and squatting also feeling a little discomfort when doing hamstring curls in my lower back any tips what are your tips but from the sounds of things everything is tight <laughs> <laughs> get on some get on some stretching because uh, a lot of it's typical that a, low, a lot of lower back pain is tight glutes tight hamstrings it's all pulling um, obviously cause the muscles are all connected and knees could well be hip flexors quads um, so yeah just just giving everything a good stretch off notice if anything is feeling particularly tight and then maybe we can look at rejigging your training um to help suit that but yeah that that would be my go-to first of all yeah same and one of the best things you can do for that is strength work on your form and actually build in strength people often think they need to improve their flexibility but actually and and, and that may well be the case here but often sometimes people need to build their strength and also often people are not um, their form is off and that's triggering things so I would say start recording your lifts as well and look at your form and maybe strip back the weight a little bit and, and look at really your training style is another important thing yes I am out of questions now I just have one note that says I just want to say thank you so much I love the podcast so much even before I was a client you guys are amazing oh so there we go <laughs> nice one too. that's a nice bit to end on well so next week i will probably do a podcast on my own someone has actually asked me she said um i was wondering if you could con consider recording a solo podcast telling everyone about your personal story so i'm not sure if i'll do that next week or if i will do something else but i will probably be alone unless anyone wants to jump on with me so thanks for all your questions keep them coming please so that we have questions to answer for the podcast that would be fantastic and that goes for all coaches by the way it's not just for me and Anna it's for any of the coaches so thanks Anna thank you bye
Bye-bye.